Hello and welcome to the Cats by 90 podcast from SB Nation's A Seat of Blue. Aaron Gershon in Rodden Solo this week, giving Drew Brown, um, you know, much deserved time off. He's taken the dad's podcast on our network the last couple weeks while I got adjusted to this new life in Indiana. Well, not new life, but new work, uh, new hometown, all that good stuff. But, um, uh, getting adjusted, dealing with some things, and I appreciate Drew uh, holding down the fort the last couple of weeks, giving him time while he's down in Florida with the family. And, uh, you know, I think I talked to y'all last was after that first uh, Alabama loss, the shellacking, the second one down in Tuscaloosa closer, but a loss. So really, <laughs> since I talked to y'all last, not much has changed. Kentucky basketball sucks. That That's the best way to put it. They suck. They absolutely suck. And you know what? You look at, I, I hear people on Twitter, oh, they lost to Missouri. You know, they're, they're a ranked team. Alabama, you know, really good this year. Sure, credit to those schools. They're having a nice year. But you realize we're talking about Kentucky, right? Kentucky is supposed to be able to beat anybody. They're a blue blood. And since Calipari's come here, outside of one year, uh, this not including this year, but outside of one year, which was 2013, 2012-13 uh, season, after the national championship, you lose your best player to injury, the wheels fell off. And that team at least was, you know, NIT decent. They were above 500. This team sucks. They're 5-11. and 11. And there's no end in sight, man. And then there are eight, only eight more games. Uh, regular season games you've got left and you know assuming there's going to be an SEC tournament with COVID going on but your only chance to make the big dance at the University of Kentucky is going to be to win the SEC tournament which I have been on record saying so many times is a waste of damn time but that's because Kentucky is usually solidified as a damn two seed before going down to Nashville for this tournament so uh, we're going to dive into what the hell is going on with this awful, awful basketball team. Um, think about next year. Is this really going to get any better? Uh, we'll take a break, and we'll get to the good of the big two at Kentucky, the football program. That's right. We're living in odd tops. Um, obviously, this is being recorded just minutes, hours, actually, one hour after Kentucky loses to uh, number 18 Missouri in Columbia, 75 to 70, an awful, awful first half for the Cats. Head outscored 40 to 27. Uh, the defense that they've pride themselves on is basically the one strong thing <laughs> with this team, and that's not not consistently good defense. But when they're on, a good defensive team wasn't there in the first half. But in the second half, Kentucky actually outscores the Tigers 43-35. But we see more of the same crap which is they can't play in the last four minutes. Wheels fall off again, had a chance to win it. They don't. Um, leaders on, in scoring for Kentucky, Davion Mintz had 18. He shot uh, two for three from the field. Excuse me, uh, six for 12 from the field, two for three from the stride, four for nine from downtown. B.J. Boston, four for nine from the field with 10. Um, Keon Brooks had a really, actually a really good first half. Uh, four for eight, two for four from three, 10 points to finish. Not much production there in the second. Dante Allen tonight did not have it, and Cal Perry benched him because that's what he likes to do, Dante. Uh, just two shots, and he missed both. Uh, looked a little lost on defense, only logged seven minutes. 
we actually saw from Cameron Fletcher for the first time since before, you know, he whined like a baby and had to take a leave of absence and all that crap, which in a typical Kentucky year would probably get a lot more headlines. But the fact that they just suck, uh, that's getting all of it, all the attention, uh, rightfully so. Really, the only Wildcat tonight I was impressed with was Isaiah Jackson, who I feel like, you know, he may not be because he's not your, you know, he's not good in the way that fans nowadays respect basketball players, which if they can shoot and make a lot of threes and they're fast running up and down the court, but he's kind of that old fashioned, just big man. Um, pretty good night, three for six from the field, eight points, 10 boards, um, four blocks. So the big guy there, maybe your only, I think he's the only guy who has a case to be a draft prospect, but in, you know, this new era of basketball where, you know, what matters most is shooting and offense. And, you know, you just look at a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who many consider the best team in the NBA, uh, maybe the favorites other than the Lakers to win the NBA Finals. They don't play a lick of defense, man. They're an awful defensive team. They couldn't stop the Wizards, who are – well, the Wizards are a good offense team, but they got outscored by the Wizards. <laughs> they don't play defense, the Nets. Uh, don't play defense. So that's kind of where basketball's at. That's why I don't know if even Isaiah Jackson – We'll hear his name called if he were to opt in uh, or, excuse me, declare for the NBA draft. But, man, it's more it's the same crap every game with this team. Uh, it's, the, it's The first half, usually they start pretty slow. They had a couple good first halves, but just looking, you know, going back to the way beginning of this year, Notre Dame was that brutal first half that didn't give you a chance to come back. Um, you had a terrible first half against um, – Kansas, uh, not Kansas, they had a good first half of that one. Georgia Tech, that didn't allow for a comeback in the second half. Alabama, um, the first Alabama loss, they were outscored uh, 42-30 to 30 in, this, in the first half. Actually kept it a little closer in the second, but it was way too, you know, too late to come back. Just uh, all these inexcusable first halves. And then they're able to, usually, not every game, but in a lot of these games, They've been able to make a run in kind of like the early to mid fourth, second half. I wish we had quarters in college basketball discussion for another day. And then the last four minutes, they forget how to play basketball. They choke. And you know what? I totally, totally get these these couple things. Young team, right? Mostly freshmen. Uh, Dante Allen, a guy who didn't play at all last year, sat on the bench all year with the injury he had. No, it wasn't because Cal doesn't like him or whatever the hell Cal's issue is uh, with poor Dante. Um, you bring in guys um, off the transfer market and Davion Mintz and Olivier Saar, who, you know, I think Mintz has been really solid all year long. Saar's been disappointing, but they come in and don't have your normal offseason and way to build camaraderie with the new with their new teammates because of COVID. I get all that. Now we're in February. And by now, normally, even I, – I, you can't compare it to other teams in a sense of bonding, I guess, because of COVID. But at the same time, they've played together 16 times. They went through – you know, they played their blue-white game. They Who knows how long they were practicing five-on-fives. And you know what? Who knows how well they – really, really follow these rules. I want to think, I'm not accusing them. That is totally that suspicion. Just 
kids being kids. Not everyone's going to follow these couple rules. There's no why. Don't, don't take me on that saying, oh, they don't do. They probably do the right thing, but God knows. They probably have done practices uh, that maybe the NCAA doesn't know about. Every team probably has. And every team probably should if they do it safely enough. And, again, here we are, February 3rd, 5-11. and 11. <laughs> You've lost recently to Georgia, who hasn't beat you in 14 tries. You lose to Missouri, who for the mo- outside of that one game, I believe, the Kevin Knoxer you own. And I get they're good this year, but this is freaking Kentucky. Uh, you get swept by Alabama. Again, really good team this year, but it's Alabama, man. Come on. It's not Nick Saban's crew. crew it's, it's the basketball team. It, it's unacceptable. And this team doesn't deserve an NCAA tournament bid. You know, to me, it's so annoying, and I get Cal isn't going to come up to the media and say, ah, yeah, we're, we don't deserve it. We're not going to make it. It's over. We're going to throw in the towel. But he, the fact that he even, like, has to lead the fans on and think there's hope, and then there are some that actually fall. It's so stupid. This team is done, done, done. And the quicker um, <laughs> the fan base realizes that, the quicker they can get on to healing and trying to forget about this stupid, awful Kentucky basketball season. The worst, at least since I've started following this team. Maybe the worst. I, I mean, if you're in your 20s, 30s, I, I can't speak for the Billy Gillespie era because I can't really – I, I don't remember it all that well. I was in my, you know, I was 10. I can tell you they made the tournament with, once with Billy Gillespie. That ain't happening with this team. And, you know, one thing, and then I want to kind of move on to why I don't, I, I think this might be more than a one-year problem, not to be a Debbie Downer, but I just want to spit facts. This is not, the blame should be on Cal but not to the point where he should be fired. That's stupid. Name me one coach right now, realistically, that's either a free agent, that maybe is at another school that could be tempted to leave where they're at and would do better than Cal. I, I think the only couple, the only guy I can think of is Jay Wright. He ain't leaving Villanova. Okay? The only way he was leaving Villanova was go to the 76ers and stay in the city of Philadelphia. That guy's staying there. There, and the other, only other guy who's coaching basketball I can think of that maybe could do something similar or have some success close to what Cal has had here at Kentucky, not counting this crappy season, is Billy Donovan. But he's, he's the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. I know they're not the Jordan Bulls, but that's a pretty damn good gig. It's an honor. So realistically, man, there's nobody. So stop the fire Cal crap. But the reason he deserves blame, and it goes hand-in-hand hand with what I want to get to as to why I don't think that this is a one-year problem. I think this is a multi-year problem. I think we have a problem unless Cal Perry changes philosophy. Is not one in, There's no mix of that one-and-one and experienced guys. Not Transfers are great. Okay? Transfers are great. But you got to have experience from within, man. Keon Brooks, a second-year guy, that's fine. And he'll, I think he'll be even better as a three-year guy. He might even be a four-year guy. You need more of that. You need four-year guys who stay at your school, at least one, maybe two. I mean, look at when they had Derek Willis and Dominique Hawkins. 
No, that team was great because they had the perfect mix. You had Willis, who started for that team, a four-year senior guy from the Commonwealth. That, that's great. That's a bonus if you can get a guy from the Commonwealth. If not, that's okay. And I'm hoping Dante Allen can become the next Hopkins or Willis. We'll see if Cal lets it freaking happen. But you, Derek Willis started on a team that had De'Aaron Fox, an elite one-and-done. Malik Monk hasn't worked out in the NBA, an elite one-and-done. No doubt he'd made the right decision just based off the college year he had to go to the NBA. He was the best shooting guard in the country that year. He had Bam in a bio who had his ups and downs. He was an elite center, lottery pick, NBA superstar now. And you team that up with Isaiah Briscoe even, a sophomore. Kind of compare that to what they have in Brooks right now. You So some experience. Would have been nice to have him back for a longer time, but still experience. You had Derek Willis and Dominique Hawkins and Michael Mulder. Guys who have been through it. You need that. You can't win without that, in my opinion. Not, I know Kentucky got to the Elite Eight a couple of years ago, but look at this team, that team, right? You had a sophomore Nick Richards, a sophomore P.J. Washington. So two experienced guys are off the bat. I know Richards stunk that year. P.J. was your best player. Uh, you could argue, but I'd say he was the best player on that team, sophomore. You had the elite freshman in Tyler Hero. You had... Man, it feels like 10 years ago with how that was the last time they were in the tournament was this team. But you had, you know, Ashton Hagens, who was a defensive-minded freshman. That's fine. So still, you know what? And Reed Travis was a transfer, but he was a guy, he's a little different because he was a guy who's really a Stanford guy. He's really been through the NCAA tournament. I like Olivier Saar, you know, Wake Forest playing the ACC or battle tested, but that guy never played in the NCAA tournament. And Davion Mintz coming from Creighton. Played one tournament game, and, you know, he's been dealing with injuries, hardly played. And he was a role player at Creighton, where Reed Travis was a Pac-12 player of the year. So that team had some experience and also had the elite-level prospects. That's what Cal needs to do. You've got to get back to the top of the recruiting game. I really like some of these kids as people. I think B.J. Boston has – I feel for that kid. And he's pretty, he's, you know, he was a consensus top 10 recruit. So was Terrence Clark. Seems like a good kid, just hasn't worked out. He's been hurt, though. Don't want to get on him too much. But you need to got back to where you were getting the top of the notch, guy, top of the level, elite, elite guys. You've got to get back to getting the Anthony Davises of the world somehow, some way. Maybe just one. That's all you need. And then you could fill your roster out with a couple of those you know, where Boston's ranked, maybe even in that teen range, 20 range. I really like Damian Collins, who they have signed up for next year. And then you need returning depth. And I have this bad feeling, and this should be the year you finally get guys coming back. It should be. But I have this bad feeling, man. Cal's going to just let these kids go. I, I, have a, I don't think Boston's coming back. I don't think Clark's coming back. I, I don't know if I, I think Jackson comes back. I don't know. I doubt Sar comes back, even though I would think they'll get a blanket waiver. So you're not going to have – you'll have sophomores next year. That's great. At the start, you'll have some. Maybe a junior in Keon Brooks. I really like the West Virginia kid you got brought in, but he's never played in the tournament. What? And you also – the one thing they're missing on this team is a shooter. And they don't have that – they don't have that for next year yet because none of the guys on this year – I trust as your shooter next year. None of the guys you've signed yet are your shooter for next year. Hopkins, not it. Collins, not it. And uh, Hickman, not it. 
Nope, 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 nope. And the West Virginia kid, not it. And he didn't get a shooter this year. You look at the 2019, 20 squad, you had Manuel quickly come back. He was a shooter. Tyler Hero was the shooter he brought in for that team. The 17 team was loaded with shooters. Monk was an amazing, amazing shooter. Derek Willis was a three-point uh, gem. Uh, I mean, Mulder could come off the bench and knock him down. You had shooters. You need shooters. And I just talked about how college basketball now, and really basketball at any level, I'm covering a lot of high school now, it's, there are so many kids who could shoot three. And you got to get that shooter. Whether that's a transfer who's battle-tested. I want a kid who has been in the tournament transfer. Or when your guys come back and develop that. But I think maybe we're looking at two years from now. When this group can be juniors, or the ones that want to come back and are smart and come back, that this thing gets turned around. Take a quick break, and we're going to talk about the real good Kentucky Big Two sport team, the Kentucky Football Wildcats. Real quick, and then we'll wrap up this instant reaction podcast edition of the Cats by 90 podcast brought to you by SB Nations of Seaplay. All right, back at it, Cats by 90 podcast. Um, again, we're going we're gonna to move on to football. That's the good stuff right now. We, you know, in February, normally we're fully invested in the basketball team. We're getting ready for March. What our bracket's going to look like, throw that crap out. Uh, they have no chance at making it to March. Uh, they're not winning the SEC tournament. They're not good at basketball this year. Sorry. Um, I hate it. But <laughs> it, it is what it is. Um, and at least some of the NBA cats are having a great year, especially my man, uh, Emmanuel Quickly. What a job. Rookie of the year. Anyway, on to football. Kentucky finished out uh, National Signing Day today. They had two more guys. Uh, and I think this was really smart how they finished this class. And I'll tell you why, even though it wasn't necessarily your sexiest class in, like it was last year with all the four-star guys and even a five-star in there. I, I'll tell you why I, I like this, this class just as much. And again, I, you know, I love recruiting. I love high school sports. But it, it's hard to really know what you're getting. Just because you, you just don't. They're high school athletes, most of them, and some transfers. You know more. I think Wondell Robinson's going to be amazing. That's different because he's a guy who's played college football at the Big Ten and has been successful. But the high school kids, you don't really know until they hit the field, at least for the three low four-star guys. But what they did today, and what really they did with this class, is they hit positions of need, and they hit them hard. I think – after Jamin Davis, uh, somewhat surprisingly, declared for the NBA NFL draft, inside linebacker had to be addressed. And they did that. Trevin Wallace, four-star, um, consensus four-star, ESPN, uh, top 300 recruit out of Georgia. Jamin Davis, another Georgia guy, actually helped recruit him to Kentucky. Beast by all accounts, everything I've heard. And really, if you think about it, uh, Kentucky plays a 3-4. Well, they play a 4-3. But you see them a lot. I, there was a lot of times where DeAndre Square and um, Jamin Davis were on the field at the same time last year, and they're both inside backers. They play some 3-4. They play some 4-3. They mix it up. Sorry about that. It's been a while. Anyway, 
I love that addition. And if you look at their depth chart, Square will start next year, no doubt. Uh, obviously, we're praying for Chris Oates daily, but he's probably not back. So you're looking at Marquez Brambury, who's done some good things, hasn't played that much. Trevin Wallace could find himself in the conversation to start there next year. And you're also going to get a kid who's going to be eligible, I believe, next year he would be because he sat out last year. Don't quote me on that. Uh, and Luke Fulton uh, transferring over from Michigan State, a guy um, the coaching staff knows really well because he went to Cardinal Mooney, which is, of course, uh, the same high school in Youngstown, Ohio, attended by Mark Stoops and Vince Barrow. I know Fulton has some baggage. Uh, I don't want to speak to it, the allegations against him, obviously, if those are true. And I know he was suspended last year. Uh, disgusting. I will never tolerate any of that. But just looking at it from a football perspective, because we don't know the full story, and I'm not, uh, I don't get paid enough to break that down. Uh, I like it because it fits a position of need, and a guy who clearly was good enough at high school to play at the Big Ten hasn't really got his college career started, so I like it. But just this class overall, which of course today was National Signing Day, it's done. I just felt like they hit positions of need. Jagger Burton, uh, the big four-star offensive lineman from right here in Lexington. Um, you know, you need offensive line because you just lost a bunch of guys, actually less than you thought, with Luke Fortner and Darren Kennard coming back. But still, you're replacing Drake Jackson over time. You're going to have to replace, of course, um, Landon Young. And, you know, Darian's gone after this year. Luke is gone after this year. So I really like the Jagger Burton pickup. I felt like they went off on wide receivers. Chauncey Magwood, really like his tape. Also a fan of Dekel Kratis, the Lexington kid. And uh, Christian Lewis, they were able to hold on to him from Alabama. And they were even able to grab a tight end from in-state and Jordan Dingle. Uh, that's another position of need. Uh, Justin Rigg coming back this year is great, uh, but eventually they're going to need that extra tight end. And Devontae Ross, too. Uh, heard he's really underrated. A kid from Cartersville, Georgia, was originally committed to Marshall. And Kentucky swooped in on early National Signing Day and surprised him. Uh, Surprise sign. So I like, I've liked what I've heard about him, and I think that could be a sneaky good one. Going forward, of course, the biggest win of this <laughs> cycle, though, Wandell Robinson. I've talked about so many times that being the worst miss for Kentucky uh, football just over the last couple of years, given, you know, the injuries at quarterback. Uh, you know, Lynn saved that one year, but just last year, it would have been so nice to have a guy like Wandale. Now they're going to have it this year, and I think that's huge. Anyway, Cats by 90 podcast. Hey, baseball and softball season coming up. Media day for those folks next week. <clears throat> baseball is going to be better this year. I'm telling you, they're going to be better. Softball, we'll see. They're usually really good. I know they lost a bunch from last year, but they should be great too. They're always fun. Rachel Lawson's awesome. Basketball sucks. Football's, football's good, but we got a ways to go. Cats My 90 Podcast, thanks for listening. Aaron Gershaw, your host. Drew and I will be back together next week. Uh, hopefully, maybe we'll beat Tennessee. Who, who the hell knows? Thanks for listening.